Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank on Windward Parkway in beautiful Alpharetta. Uh, folks, if you are in need of a better banking experience than what you currently have, maybe you're at a really big bank that really doesn't want to talk to live people. Uh, maybe you're at a small bank that uh, you've kind of outgrown what they can do for you. Uh, I've got an answer for you that involves Renaissance Bank. Go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices, some 200 across the South ready to serve you and give them a call. I think what you'll find is some, a live person who answers the phone who can uh, pretty much handle anything you throw at them in terms of your business needs, but can do it in a personal way. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Jim Curlin. Jim is uh, with Blackwood Impact Group. Jim, welcome. Thank you, John. It's uh, I really appreciate you inviting me to be here today. It's a pleasure having you. And uh, uh, let's get into Blackwood Impact Group and how you're serving folks out there. All right. Well, I'll give you a, a brief uh, bio, if you will. I had about 30-plus years in management, sales, and even in entrepreneurial roles with both private and public corporations. And I got my education, uh, got a business degree from Auburn. I got a master's degree in marketing from the University of Alabama. And John, just for fun, I'll tell you, I get asked all the time about uh, who do you root for in the Iron Bowl. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll say, well, you may think I'm a house divided, but I'm complete. <laughs> and the reason I say the reason I say it that way is because at least uh, for people that grew up in Alabama, they treat you like uh, uh, they assume that you should have declared on your birth certificate which of those two schools you'll root for. So, at any rate, currently I'm a uh, consultant slash contractor with Blackwood Impact Group out of Duluth. Mm-hmm. The founder and principal there, Melissa Martin, was a former client of mine. She's got her MBA. She's running a fabulous business, and uh, I really enjoy working with her and helping some of her clients. I also teach online courses in sales and marketing at Troy University. I'm adjunct faculty, so it's just a part-time role there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really enjoy, I typically have uh, up to 45 students a term there and they come out and that's just one of the ways when you reach where I'm at, you can give back to your community is the way I look at it. And I've got a a beautiful wife. Uh, We've got two wonderful kids and three grandkids. They're in the Athens area. So we enjoy visiting with them. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. That's awesome. You know, you and I were talking about the Auburn, Alabama um, thing before we came on the air. And I thought when I asked you that question, you might say, Troy, that's a good way to divide the baby, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, not only that, my son's got a master's degree in teach in special ed teaching from Georgia. So I even root for the Bulldogs. There you go. It's, 
you know, you can spread your allegiances around. Uh, for sure. For sure. Um, well, let's, let's dive into that since we're talking about that. We, we've, we've got, uh, some other questions about how you do what you do, but, um, dig a little bit more into that, that lesson and the lesson of, uh, that, that, I guess that iron bowl lesson that you and I were talking about before we came on the air and what that teaches you or any of us uh, for that matter about, um, how we look at our clients. Sure. Uh, well, in fact, uh, I have a, a LinkedIn post about this for anybody that wants to connect with me there. They can see this. I put up that house divided image and wrote about it because I asked that, you know, when, if anybody figures out my background has both of those schools, well, the lesson to be learned from that is be careful when you're approaching new prospects that you don't carry preconceived notions in about uh, what they feel about either their needs, how they see the problem versus the way you might see the problem. Or, for example, when you're talking about the money and the budget comes up, you may be coming at it from the angle of, hey, I've got an abundance mentality about money. Maybe they've got a scarcity mentality about money, and it just doesn't mix right. So it would be better probably to have some neutrality when you approach that initial conversation. And instead of bringing your own preconceived notions, remain unattached to the outcome. You're there to try to help them if you can or point them to someone else if you can't. And really, instead of having the approach of I've got to win every deal and having that approach I, I have that, I guess you'd say, mindset of I'm here to help you. I may feel as if I can help everyone, but not everyone's ready for what I have to offer. And I'm going to work with those that are ready, to, that have admitted they're at a point where they want help and need help, and they want to have that conversation as opposed to dropping into let me convince you mode. I love it. Um, Jim Curlin folks with Blackwood impact group. So Jim, let's, let's, let's broaden this out a little bit and talk about, you know, what small, medium sized businesses get from hiring a sales consultant. Well, in terms of, I guess, even, even more broadly and hiring a consultant, regardless of what the, uh, the, the, the service level or what that person brings to them. Mm-hmm. I would say when you've got a small business, whether you're just starting as a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, or even you've got a small group put together, a lot of times you don't have amongst your staff, the owners and the people you've hired, everything that you're going to need that's it's just not in your wheelhouse. You don't have certain aspects that you know you need to bring to bear. That's one place that the consulting can help is helping them in the areas they don't have. The other problem there is they have usually have a blind side. They don't, you've heard the phrase, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm. And unless they have somebody that can have a, a neutral third party observation of what they've been called in to look at, 
that person may not realize, hey, your your strategy is not aligned right with what your goals are, blah, 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 things like that. They need to choose what to reach out for, for help. They usually have to prioritize it. You just can't say, I've got these three things, I'm going to tackle them all. They're going to have to prioritize some things there. That's an area that a consultant can help them with in terms of let's do this first and then we'll do these other two or three things. The other thing, too, that it will help them is even for the owners and things that they do have in their wheelhouse, it will help them sharpen the axe, so to speak. They'll get better and more professional development by using a pro. I, I use the golf analogy. Even the people in, in the uh, top of their game in golf, do you think those guys have hired a coach? Do you yeah. think they've got them helping them with their putting, for example? You bet they do. For sure. Now, I'm just curious uh, here. Not we'll get into the specifically sales in just a second. But what how, what what do you recommend, or how do you recommend a company that's decided yes we need a consultant? How do you decide who's the best choice? I mean, how do you because there are lots of folks out there make a lot of claims. How do you how do you decide who's the best? Well, if you're that business owner, I would say, first of all, we all know people do business with people they know, like, and trust, right? Mm -hmm. And the things that usually come top of mind, think about how you buy, for example, anything. You're going to go with, first of all, somebody that you're aware of. So if if that person hasn't done the, the search engine optimization or anything to where they can be found on the internet, chances are they're already out of the the hunt because the person who's looking for that kind of help can't find them. So from a marketing standpoint, that's the first thing that's going to have to happen. The for for the person who wants to be found, if you will, the consultant that wants to be found. So assuming that you're in that mix of those that they know about, then they're going to start looking at the trust factor. And the more they know about you or can find out about you, I know you just, for example, did an interview with our, our mutual friend Greg Burkhalter. Mm-hmm. personal yes. branding expert, right? Yep. Well, as as he would say, people are going to look online and make determinations about you, about what they see and understand and what they resonate with, with if you will, about that person. So that's going to guide their decision-making. And even more importantly than all of that is going to be word of mouth. Within their network, within their possibly even limited sphere of of, of uh, influence, they're going to know somebody. And that person's either going to have had a good experience with that business or not. And they're going to give a lot of weight to that, just as you would if you were out shopping for any service. Sure, sure. So, Jim, let's get into specifically sales consulting. Uh, maybe the way to come at this is just to address – when a business leader knows it's time to invest in sales consulting. When do they know that? Yeah. Well, I would say, uh, the first thing is when they see that their sales funnel isn't what their realistic goal is. Now that's another whole thing by itself. A lot of people early in the business have very unrealistic goals about what their sales should be and what that, uh, parabola looks like, how's it going to grow, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing. They 
self-admit that whatever they feel is their realistic goal, it's not being met. So they're looking for answers. Another thing that has to happen at that point um, for them to realize it is they've got to be willing to admit that they need help. Some people struggle with that. They think, oh, no, this I'm great at this. I, I should be able to pull this off. I just got to work harder. Uh, the next thing that usually happens is they have to be willing to discuss, I would say, three things. What's the strategic direction that they're going in? How are they approaching the overall problem? Have they done any assessments of what their existing uh, skill set or, or the way they're approaching it is? Have they measured it? And do they have a plan for how to, how to address it once they've done that thing? And a lot of people just skip the assessments part and assume I got this and they set out a plan. And the problem is, is they may even have those bonsais going back to, they don't know what they don't know. Right. Right. So I guess let's talk about maybe, uh, sales implementation, uh, the mistakes that you see businesses make in that regard. Well, the, the biggest mistakes I see are, one, they've got little or poor on, onboarding process, okay? When they bring in a salesperson, they might just wing it, say, here, uh, fill out your HR paperwork and go ride in the field with our best guy for two weeks. And that's it. <laughs> that is not an onboarding process at all. Hmm. That's a big mistake they make. Uh, Another thing that happens is they make the mistake of promoting their top sales performers to a manager role without training them for what a manager skill set is. They just assume, oh, well, you know, just get, again, they're, they're winging it. They don't have a plan. The, another thing I see happening is they, they have a lack of a consistent training with their sales process and with their ongoing development, or they don't do any ongoing development. Mm. That's a big mistake. And I'd say another thing that we just touched on it a minute ago is a lack of assessments to pinpoint the areas that they need to address on an individual basis with each of those people. Now, that's at a high level. We could talk about any of those in more detail if you like, but those are some big ones right there. Uh-huh. Um, and if somebody says, you know, I, re- I hear you, Jim. I s- we don't have an onboarding process, or I can tell from what you just said, we've got a lot of holes in it. And that could be them saying, okay, I'll admit, I want to get some help from a consultant with my onboarding process. That would be an example. Gotcha. Now, you mentioned earlier, Jim, that, that uh, a danger uh, point you have you need to avoid as a business is is keeping from making those goals too high, too unrealistic. Uh, assuming that those goals are realistic, you've de- you've determined that maybe with a with a, uh, a third party consultant's help. Um, you know what? How do you evaluate a salesperson and then their ability to achieve those goals? Well, I would say there's probably about five things you need to look at there, okay? Okay. Uh, one is their, their mindset. What type of attitude are they bringing to the table, okay? 
their activity level. Are they doing the activities that are the leading indicators of the things they need to do to get the lagging indicators, the results? You've got to look at what kind of techniques are they using. Have they been trained? Do they know how to ask questions? Do they need do they know that they need to cover questions about what the pain is, what kind of budget they need to work with, how the decision-making process is going to go, and cover those things before they even finish qualifying that prospect. Uh, the other thing, the fourth thing they need to look at is tracking. What are they tracking? And again, it's more important for them to be tracking leading indicators. I'll, gi- I'll give you a quick example there. When you look at the end of the month and you say, well, you did X amount of sales, that's a result. That's a lagging indicator, right? Right. Are they going to meet the sales goals or not? It's too late then. Instead, are you tracking things like how many contacts did you make? Do you know how many contacts you need to be making Mm. each week? Also, on referral partners. How many calls or networking connections did you make this week to be looking at how you're going to build and find referral partners? And maybe they're getting in a group uh, like Business Networking International uh, or other, uh, This depending on their, their size, Vistage, and other types of groups where they can uh, work on those things. Uh, and the last thing I would say is, do they have that consistent training, the same process that they're following so that both management and the sales rep are on the same page about what is it we're doing? What are we shooting for here? Mm-hmm. And the part of that's that onboarding process we were talking about. But, you know, to dive in a little bit deeper, those are the five areas that I'd say that you, you must be consistently uh, having the doing those things right to consistently meet your sales goals. Mm. For example, on the, the mindset piece, does this person have an abundance mindset of, you know, I'm not looking at this as like, I'm going to, I'm pointing the fingers to say, I'm blaming the economy. I'm blaming my territory size. I'm blaming some, you name it, external factor. Instead of saying, I am responsible for my successes for my failures, and I'm going to do the things that it takes to get there. Part of it's just, do the, does this person accept personal responsibility for their own actions and outcomes in terms of their the activities that they do? Are they using proper time management? And I'll go back to that. Eisenhower matrix, you know, that uh, Dwight Eisenhower came up with when he's got this quadrant that's the axis for one side is, is it important or not important? The axis for the other side is, is it urgent or not, not urgent? Mm. And staying within that quadrant that is the important but not urgent is where you want to be so that you, it doesn't become urgent. You know, when that, when that salesperson has to plan what he's going to, how he's going to approach the week, does he take the time to do that and spend time instead of just jumping into it? And he might or might not hit the things he needs to be working on. So that gets it staying out of firefighting mode, 
doing those things that are urgent and not important. I mean, it can, might be important, but now it's urgent because I procrastinated and didn't do something when I should have. And now it's, it's consuming my time more than it should have. That would be an example. Uh, techniques. When you look at, I remember early in my career, gosh, I got, I got thrown out there. Uh, I guess they thought I had the gift of gab, John. <laughs> well, you don't, know, well, you, know, don't that, you? you know, when you think about how business owners, how do they pick their salespeople? They say, oh, he, can, he talks a lot. Let him, let him go stand in front of these clients and just, just yak it up. Right. Know? And so I guess I had that. So with that and a little bit of product training, and I can remember a set of Brian Tracy, the psychology of selling cassettes. I'm dating myself there. Mm. But, you know, so when I was when I was windshield time in the car, I could pop in the tape and try to learn a little bit, you know, and, and Brian Tracy, don't get me wrong, he's, he's great at what he does. He's, he's one of the greatest uh, sales trainers probably that have been out there. But uh, that that doesn't get it right in terms of a real sales training. So I was thrown out there with that type of an approach and believe me, just having the gift of gab won't, won't get it done. You have to have a coach that can help you learn a process, a sales process that can, you can analyze the results from. You've got to have somebody that can teach you how to ask the right questions and how to be a good listener you get those few pieces right, and then a lot of other things will fall into place for you. Uh, the tracking we talked about already. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you measuring those things that are the leading indicators? And are you are you doing something where you're following a consistent training process? Those those would be the keys there. I hope I didn't spend too much time there. No, I mean all that was uh, so rich. Um, you know, one thing uh, that strikes me i need to ask you since you teach sales and marketing uh to young people uh, is and you mentioned your experiences as a young salesperson can sales be taught i mean yes. I, I guess i guess the que- i guess maybe i ought to exp- absolutely yeah no yeah. absolutely okay not, you know it's that old question is it an art or a science right yeah right and sales is I guess you could say it's both, but I'll qualify that this way, okay? The sales can be taught, and what I'd say is pick the right candidate to be in that sales role. If you've got the wrong person in there, you can do have the greatest training in the world, and if their mindset's in the wrong place or they're unwilling to do the behavior uh, and they suck at the techniques no matter how hard they try, you got to move and move that person out of that role and find somebody else who's, uh, I'll say, more trainable, more coachable in those areas. And um, are there certain? You, you've heard uh, other people say, "Hire character." You can train the skills, right? Mm-hmm. That way, if you have somebody who's got a positive, continuous learning mindset. And they want to do well. They've got an internal drive. You know, I'm kind of getting into the, what are the characteristics of the top performing salespeople, right? But part of that is they've got to have an internal drive. If they don't have that, you can't coach. You can't coach that into them. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess what I'm hearkening back to is what you said about, you know, the person who hires you because you've got the gift of gab or hires someone else because they've got the gift of gab. And what that, uh, that gets back to an old stereotype, right? <laughs> about that sales is kind of about, uh, your extroverted personality when in fact there's so much more to it than that. And and you've mentioned some of those things, character, uh, the ability to listen. I mean, all, all those things aren't necessarily, uh, those traits don't come necessarily out when you're looking for the gift of gab. Right. And I, to add on to what you just said, going back to the mindset of that person, Mm -hmm. it's gotta be somebody. I'll put it this way. It's better. If you choose somebody that you've determined has a service to others mindset, as opposed to a service to self mindset. If you hire somebody that's all about just the money, how much money can I make doing this job? You're going to, that's a recipe for disaster. Okay. In fact, I would say to you, some of the best people I've ever seen in a, in a business that have been shifted over and cross-trained and moved into a sales role are people that come out of customer service because they, they, they've been in the role where they've sat there, they've listened, they know what it's going to take to maintain and keep that customer. They've heard the problems, the issues. They're probably good listeners because they've been on the phone listening to that person. And then you take that and you now you put them out in, in a sales role. And it, what are they going to do? They have that service to others mentality about, I'm here to help you solve your problem if I can. And if not, I'm going to get out of your way. Mm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, Jim Curlin is with us, folks. Uh, Blackwood Impact Group uh, is the name of his firm, um, sales consultant, sales expert. Um, so let, let's talk about a success story or two, uh, Jim, someone who's uh, benefited because they've worked with you. Well, I will mention a young man named David Martin. He happens to be with AKA Tree Service uh, uh, here in the Atlanta metro. They're all over. And he's he's relatively new. He came on with them last year. Uh, but the business owner said he had never seen someone with this much improvement in less than a year. And what happened is he had been a former client of mine. And he'd gotten the the basics of sales training down and was working with that. He was an entrepreneur. He had his own landscaping business, but now he was shifting and going to work for somebody else. But when he did that, he carried that owner mentality into that business where he approached his job, even as a sales rep as I'm, even though I don't have a maybe stock, if you will, in this company, uh, I'm invested mentally to do the best I can and to improve. He stated on uh, our coaching call this morning that one of his goals was to have the highest gross in territory in his company. Now think about that. He's, he's not only young and energetic goal oriented, uh, but he, one of his goals is I want to be the best in the highest gross in territory in this, in this company. He was in a new industry, had to learn 
a lot of the uh, industry jargon and things like that. But let me tell you, he's he has that mentality of consistently wanting to improve. I'll be saying something and I say, well, how about this? How are you doing on that? He says, well, I, I, I've got that down. And then he'll quickly add, but I can always be better at it. That's just coming words out of his mouth. That's, that's the mentality he's coming with. Now in June, even though he normally does over a hundred thousand dollars in sales for his company, uh, way ahead of quota, mm. uh, he doubled that. He more than doubled that in the month of June. Yeah, they had a few storms that helped, but he'd already uh, sowed to reap what he did for that particular month because he'd already been into the neighborhoods and had conversations with some of the, the, the people that were there and the, you know, the influencers like the, not necessarily the head of the homeowners association, but maybe that homeowner that uh, put the newsletter out on Facebook about, mm. hey, this company did a great job for us. And so everybody's calling and say, hey, I need your help. So all that does, those things don't just happen. It took hard work to get there. Uh, he showed a 40% quota uh, increase over the previous year. And right now, this year, uh, he's going to be in the upper 100,000s for his own income, uh, uh, with a, he's on track for another 42% growth this year. So I, I love having a client like that. Uh, that, and he came back, he came back to me, called me up last July and said, I want to go back and continue some personal development. I'm paying you to be my coach. And so we started in August of a year ago and, uh, his results, there's, there's an example of the success because there's an example of somebody who, unlike his peers in the same company, is not waiting for somebody to pay for his training. He's doing it on his own, and it's more than paying tenfold in his commissions as a result of that. Don't you just love that kind of a success story? Oh, absolutely. That's that's awesome. And now that raises the question, do you work with individual sales uh, salespeople, do you work with companies? Uh, talk about your services and uh, the kind of offerings that you provide in your consulting, Jim. Well, I do some individual coaching, uh, but with Blackwood Impact Group, my role there is both uh, sales and marketing, mostly on the sales side. And what typically might happen, we want to work with people within their budget and within the scope of the needs that they want worked on and not the things that we want to push on them, if you will. Um, and it's like anything, if they don't know, if they've got a budget, but they don't know what they can get for that, that level of, of budget, you have to really come up with, I guess, three sizes, kind of like the small, medium, and large offering, right? Mm -hmm. The small offering might be one-on-one -on -one coaching with that individual, like I'm doing with David, for example, uh, the medium would be, it might be, Hey, we need, we've got several people. It's in a certain department sales or otherwise. And we need a let's we want to do a half day workshop. Mm. We want you to uh, come in or remote in and lead us on, I don't know, communication skills, for example, would be an, one that really works across any type of business to help improve internal communications for that person, for that group internally within the company, 
and more importantly, externally with their customers. The large offering might, in my case, might be a a 10-hour spread across two-day workshop on sales basics. We've done this successfully where we've customized the content to be after going in and consulting with that specific business, finding out exactly what they need. You know, I'll give you an example. We had a client that had had to roll out a first responder offering that they created a new product. It was uh, it was for AT and T, and they needed these 25, 30 call center salespeople trained on a sale because they'd been on the receiving end of inbound calls. And although they did some ups, they really didn't have the basic skill set needed to be making outbound calls and calling into those businesses that they were going to need to, to get that product launched. That was an example of doing a a 10 hour, two day workshop just to get people shored up on what are the basics of what, what, what are we doing here in terms of sales? Wow. Lots of great work here. Jim Curlin is with us folks. And Jim is with Blackwood impact group. Uh, Jim, this has been great. And I can't imagine that there aren't some folks that hearing some of what you've had to share wouldn't want to be in touch. So let's give them your coordinates. How can they be in touch with you? Well, I would suggest to them that they go to the website and see there uh, to help get them started. It's blackwoodimpactgroup.com. And if they want to connect with me personally or just start getting some, I guess you'd say, see see what I'm putting out there in terms of tips and suggestions on LinkedIn, uh, go to Jim Curlin, that's K-E-R-L-I-N, and You'll find me. I'm the first one there on on LinkedIn uh, with just that name. So uh, be glad to connect with you there. And if you want to have a conversation, you've got some phone numbers and ways to reach me there. Terrific. Jim Curlin, Blackwood Impact Group. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, John. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that we, uh, we enjoy the services of SCS Cabido and Office Angels here at North Fulton Business Radio. They work with us and do a lot of great work. And what they do is help us focus on the best parts of our business, what we really need to move the needle in our business, and not have to deal with administrative tasks, bookkeeping, all the other things that can drag you down if you're an owner. Now, if you're being uh, held back in your business because you're focused on the wrong piece of it, then my suggestion is go to officeangels.us and check out their services. But better yet, give Essie a call. Essie Escobedo, she's the chief executive angel over there. And uh, uh, just explain what your problem is, what you need help with, and she'll be glad to help you. 770-442-9246 is her phone number. Uh, and tell her I sent you. She'll be glad to hear from you. Uh, folks, just another reminder as we wrap up the show here. North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. Uh, we're coming up on show number 400, um, folks, and uh, we're excited about that milestone. But we couldn't have done it without you and your support, and we appreciate you, our listeners. And um, here's what my ask is of you, if you would. Uh, 
If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do that. Um, but give us a five-star review. And I'm not asking for me or Business Radio X. I'm ask, asking for great great guests, business leaders that we've had on the show, like Jim, who uh, do great work. They do splendid work, and they deserve to be found. And uh, you supporting the show in that way uh, helps uh, folks that are searching out there find the show and, and potentially find uh, – these folks uh, like Jim and use their services. So if you could help in that regard, we'd greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Jim Curlin, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.